Curious. You would make an excellent Cephalon, Tenno. Welcome to Cephalon Squared, a Warframe community and podcast. Find out how to join the collective by heading over to our website at cephalonsquared.com. Now, here are your Cephalons, Greg and Lucas. G'day Cephalon Collective and welcome to episode 84 of Cephalon Squared. I'm Cephalon Greg, I'm joined by Cephalon Lucas, how you doing? Hi, I'm doing hi, good. Hi, 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 howdy, howdy. That's good. <laughs> That's good. It's been a busy week for me. I'm pretty sure it's been a busy week for you. Oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> I'm, I'm tired. I'm sleep deprived. But here I am. Yeah. Yes. 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 Woo. So let's crack on into that weather ramble, shall we? Weather rambles. Weather rambles. Weather rambles. Weather rambles. Oaky smoky. All right. So here in the little city of Ipswich, it is currently 24 degrees Celsius with a 63% humidity. It's comfortable. I'm comfortable. It's a good time around. Indeed. That's 75 degrees Fahrenheit up there, up north, down south here, 2000 kilometers or so south in Melbourne town. It's 20 degrees Celsius, 68 degrees Fahrenheit with 65% humidity. So the temperature's fairly similar to what it is where you are, Lucas, it looks like it's going to be a stinker tomorrow. 32 no. degrees. How about Ew. you? I uh, actually don't know what tomorrow's going to be. I'm hoping it's going to remain cool like it is currently. Super cool, bro. Yeah, pretty chill. As, bro. Chill as. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I apologize to all. No, he doesn't. He lies. <laughs> Alrighty. So... What did you get up to in video games? Video games? All right, this week, it was, it was a bit of a slow week. Um, there was a lot of just kind of going with the flow, doing random stuff in, in the Warframes. Um, worked on a new build, which I'll get into later on in the show. That's uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, new secret thing. Um, there was also a bit of conclave to be done with uh, Mr. Cannibal Kiwi or Cephalon Kiwi. And Trigon this week, and I had a good blast with that. We'll probably pick up more of that um, throughout the, the upcoming months. Um, yeah, just a bit of a change of pace. It's been good. Sweet as. Very good. Sweet as. Yeah, so I didn't get up to much this week. Not much at all. I did play a bit of... Bloody hell is that game? Wilson. Wilson. So it didn't have a very good uh, launch, that game. I know I mentioned it launched last week. And that it was offline while we were talking about it. It ended up being offline for almost two full days because it was deleting people's accounts. So maybe that's a good reason to be offline. Uh, it came back up slowly and it's it's fairly stable again now. But yeah, what a disappointing start. I'm sure they were not too pleased about it themselves. But, you know, they are an indie developer, so they're still learning. And good luck to them. I hope they do progress because it is a really good game. It does get really hard single player. It's really made to be a, a co-op action RPG. So I've, I've come up to a boss that I just can't bring and beat. It's really cheap, to be honest. I hope they sort of nerf him a little bit, but that's pretty much all I did this week. Although tonight Oof. is going to be something exciting that nobody's going to, if you're listening to this podcast, it's already too late. It was last night by that time. So you'll be able to go to our Twitch channel at Cephalon Squared and rewatch if you missed it. But tonight is our singing episode. Yep. Singing sweat Twitch stream thanks to 
Sula is the February uh, Patreon challenge uh, granted by Sula this this time around uh, is that we have to sing for the entire stream. So that will be two hours of people laughing at our um, attempts at rhythmic uh, vocalization. Perfection, you mean? Out of perfection. Sure. Oops, the stream ended after only five minutes. <laughs> what can you do? No, it, it will be fun. We are looking forward to it. Uh, hopefully, some of you joined. If you didn't uh, rewatch it, I'm sure it'll be a blast. Anyway, <laughs> we have an interesting episode this week because not terribly much happened. We'll go into the news in just a second. Uh, I was hoping to have an interview this week, but it sort of fell through because the person we were looking to interview is unwell. So not much you can do about that. It is that kind of season where the weather goes wacky all over the world. So we have an interesting discussion discussion that sort of came from Discord. Uh, We have our regular beginner and advanced topics. Lucas has an extra topic this week, which is interesting. And we also have an anonymous Dr. Cephalon. So it should be a good one, but it might be... You know, in the shorter, in the around the hour lo- length, uh, we'll see how we go. Every time I say that, it ends up being like an hour and 45 minutes. So we'll see how we go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's crack on into the news. All right. So uh, first thing up uh, was more lich changes that uh, came to PC this week. Um, do you know what these changes were, Greg? I literally just opened up the notes so that we could go over it. So there was a mechanic that was added back in update 26, where your Kuva Lich would have a guaranteed get different Kuva Lich weapon to its immediate predecessor. Now, because they've added the fact that you can now choose which weapon or, you know, choose the Kuva Larving that you want to kill based on the weapon that you're going to get, they've actually removed that. So now it's possible for you to get back to back in the off chance that you actually wanted it. So maybe you got a Kuva Brammer, for example, but the stats on it are terrible and you want another Brammer so that you can... What's the infusion process called? Valence. Valence Fusion. Use the the Valence Fusion. So now that you can do that, they've removed that from the game, which is probably a good idea. It might mean that you have to go through a few more Kuva Lichlings in order to get the weapon that you're looking for now that maybe you'll be getting some back-to-back weapons again. Uh, but yeah, so that is pretty interesting. The rest are mostly fixes, you know, things getting uh, stuck or screens going black, migration errors, script errors, things like that. But that's the major change that they, uh, I think people were asking for it, which is interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Indeed. So, yeah. So they also reduced the cost of Oberon Prime Systems and Necros Prime Blueprint. So it was that you used to get... Sorry, they increased it. You used to get 65 ducats for each of those. Now you get 100 for each of those. Ah, nice, nice. Yeah, that's a good thing. So the primes. Yeah, I think the older primes used used to only get 65 ducats and they never got around to changing those two. So now they are rare, so they are supposed to be sold for 100 ducats. Yay, good change is good. Yay, more, more ducats. Indeed. All right, next up, there is a new Twitch Prime bundle. It's not really a bundle. You, you can get a new sigil that's only available through Twitch, Twitch Prime if you are a Twitch Prime subscriber. It's actually an interesting-looking sigil. It has full-body effects, apparently. And some people like it, some people don't like it, as is always the case with every cosmetic. Yep. Um, I'm 50-50 on it. I think I need to see it in-game. I did... 
uh, get it because I have Twitch Prime. I just haven't had a chance to put it on anything yet. What are your thoughts on it, Lucas? Have you seen it? Uh, I have seen it. It looks shiny. (laughs) I like shiny (laughs) things. I'm easily distracted by shiny things. Okay, next up, there was a bug in Sortie Disruption this week, uh, which was promptly fixed. Thank you to DE. It was an issue where the second stage of the sorties were not working as intended. So, yay for fixes. Yeah, I think you weren't able to either use the key or it wasn't spawning the enemies or something, so it was just an endless, endless mission. <laughs> yay. Boo, but it was fixed pretty quickly, so that's good. Awesome. All right, and that's all the news from Warframe this week. The rest of the news, and we have a little bit of Cephalon Squared news, which is cool. A little bit, jeez. Yeah, we, we have quite a bit, actually. <laughs> so, as we mentioned last week, our Prime Vault competition is running. This is for all platforms. It has been running now for a week, and it ends this coming Thursday, which is the 26th, I think? 27th. Australian time. So that's the 26th, most of the rest of the world time. So if you haven't yet entered, head on over to facebook.com forward slash Cephalon Squared or twitter.com forward slash Cephalon Squared or join our Discord and you will find the details by looking through there. Uh, it's pretty easy. You just click on the competition link and nice. there you go. Yeah, you enter. So yeah, got to be in it to win it. Yes. And that is, of course, for Necros Prime and... Oberon Prime. It's the yes. full Jewel Vault Prime pack. Yes, the life and death pack. Woo! Nice. Okie dokie. Our new emblem, which we almost forgot to mention last week, is now in the game on PC and coming soon to consoles. This emblem is currently for clan members only, but perhaps, just perhaps, the glyph version is only a few weeks away. We'll never know. Wink. Wink. Well, we hope at least. (laughs) So we'll see how that goes. Um, Of course, the emblem is what you wear on your shoulder. I will be going into it a little bit later because I realize we haven't talked about emblems and glyphs and sigils. Oh, my. So we will do that. (laughs) It looks friggin' awesome, too. Uh, If you thought our new new logo slash emblem looks amazing as a podcast cover or whatever, wait till you see it in the game. It's pretty slick. Super happy about it. Yeah. So thanks again to Debbie Sheen for designing that. It's fantastic. (sighs) Okay. Last bit of news for this week and another big one, another competition. Actually, Mothop is running a competition across all platforms. Details are pretty much everywhere. (laughs) So they're on Facebook, they're on Discord. But in brief... It is a solo MOT competition. You need to survive MOT solo for as long as you can and extract, screenshot your time along with your username and pass <clears throat> platform and send it to Discord, and that is MothHop, PSN, also MothHop on PSN, or through Facebook Messenger. Just go to Facebook, our um, Cephalon Collective group, And you will see his post in there, which was only posted, I think, on Thursday the 20th. So it's not buried in there too far. You'll see his post in there and you'll be able to send a message to him directly. All right. When is this happening? It is happening from this weekend all the way through to the 7th of March. So you've got plenty of time. First prize is 100 platinum on any platform. Second prize is 50 platinum. And the top five will be immortalized in the PS4 Dojo Trophy Room. The reason is because Mothop is our founding warlord for the Cephalon Squared PS4 
clan. So he's set up a trophy room and he's got a leaderboard in there. And that means that, yes, Xbox players, PC Master Race players, and Little Boy Switch players will be able to bump PS4 players off their own leaderboard, (laughs) (laughs) which is pretty cool. So, yes, again, if you want more information, hit up MothHop on Discord or PSN or reach out to him on Facebook Messenger. Anything you want to add from news or anything, Lucas? Uh, no, I, I can't think of anything. So, no, I'm, I think we're good. Cool as. All right. Let's head on in to this week's discussion. And this discussion is a Lucas discussion because you came up with it. So, you can do the intro. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> so, as we learned uh, a couple of weeks ago with the dev stream, Protea, the next upcoming Warframe, will be um, a part of the... Uh, corpus event that they've got in the works. So, with this in mind, can we assume that this will become a frequent repeat event, and will Protea tie into the lore of the corpus, or will it just be a Leverian entry? So, will Warframe um, drops be going back to actual story-based quests, or will it continue going with a here's a frame, here's a Leverian entry? What are your thoughts, Mr. Greg? Well, firstly, I think we don't quite know enough about how Protea is going to drop. We know that she's going to come with that operation, which will not only bring an operation, but it'll also bring permanent changes to the Corpus ship tile set and probably a couple of other things that we don't know about. So will Protea be tied to the operation or will she be tied to something else? Or well, they did state that through the operation, you'll have a chance at getting the Protea pieces. Did they? They did. I thought they just said that the that she would be coming at the same time. Nope. She will be. Uh, her pieces will be available through the pro the uh, the upcoming um, event. Mm. Mm. Maybe it'll be an operation that's similar to the Exploiter Orb. Quite possibly. In that. Initially, it'll be launched as an operation or that there'll be something tied to it that's an ongoing or regularly occurring operation like the Thermia Fractures. But if you have all the required components, you can do something regularly. Yes. Because if they lock her away behind a recurring, even if it's recurring fairly regularly, an operation... I don't think players would be happy. No, I mean, they, they've already kind of done that with Hildren, and, you know, we, we had a few colourful things to say about that. But you can you can get Hildren pretty much any time you want. It's it's locked away in a painful way, to be honest. It's locked not only behind the Exploiter Rod, but also behind... Um, a reputational grind. A reputation grind in not just Fortuna, but frickin' the other one, Little Duck. Yeah. So, Hildren is a painful grind, but... You're not necessarily locked out of it. You're not time-gated for it in that you have to wait until the operation. You kind of do. But once you've got Thermia, you get a shitload of it and you can pretty much do Exploiter whenever you want. Yeah. 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 I mean, they okay, so in the past they did do an event, the um, Ambulus Reborn event. Yes. And what that actually ended up leading to was a complete rework of the Ambulus boss fight on Pluto. Mm. So the fight we have now with the Ambulus on Pluto is not how it originally was. So another thought is maybe this might have something to do with maybe a reskinning of a, a, a boss fight that already exists. Mm-hmm. I can't really... I, I'm thinking maybe Sergeant. It'd be nice. 
Uh, at the same time in saying that though, where would the current frame be moved to or if anything like that, you know, what will be moved around? Yeah. Um, is that a Corpus ship tile set? Yeah, it is. It is, yeah. It is. So that's a, that is a possibility. And, and what else is on the Corpus ship tile set? Are there any other bosses? Um, Nef, Anya? No, that's... Well, no. Is that a Corpus ship? Well, you don't no, really not. fight Nef, Anya. Oh, not Nef, Anya. Freaking old. Alad V. Alad V. No, he, he's on the um, Gas City uh, base on, on Jupiter. I'm thinking of Europa, but that's not a Corpus ship either. No, that's, that's a, a frozen factory. That's the frozen factory on freaking Europa. Um, yeah, there is, there I think, others. the Raptors. No, not the Raptors. The the hyena pack. Sorry, hyena pack on on uh, Neptune. Neptune. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a, a ship as well. Yeah, but they all already drop frame pieces, frames, yeah. and they, like you said, they'd have to be juggled unless they're adding a new boss. Ropalolis was added with the um, um, yeah. Gas City rework. Yeah, I mean, even if they really wanted to, they could probably even double up. Um, chuck two frames to a, to a single boss. I mean, it would be annoying, but you look at um, Equinox and uh, Kill <laughs> Rigor, and how many how many times do you have to do all the uh, uh, all the fighting of Till Rigor to get the full set of Equinox? Hmm. Or maybe they are going to put her as a reward for the operation only, and you can only get her whenever the operation comes around, mm. which wouldn't be great. People no. like to always have the opportunity to do it. I think no matter what they do, they're going to be doing something different. Yeah. That hasn't been done before, because if you think about it, it's obviously not a quest. You've mentioned that you have the chance, to, by doing the operation, you have the chance to collect her bits and bobs. So obviously it's tied to the operation in some way, whether or not it's a new boss. If it is a new boss, then we're either going to have the first, second boss on a planet, or it's a reworking of a boss, and then where's the... I mean, are they going to then move mags, freaking parts, into the clan, for example? You know what? Personally, I think all of the starter frames should be available from the clan anyway. The tenant. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. That that's definitely a um, much better setup than what they currently have. Yeah, because that way then you don't have to farm for Excalibur or Mag, and you don't have to fight about who's the easiest to get and where's where you get what from what. It's just you choose one, and if you don't, if you wanted to try one of the other ones, you got to join a clan, and they have to have done the research, and then you got to buy them. Yeah, yeah, that definitely sounds a lot a lot better. I mean, if you look at what they've say what they've stated about the upcoming event. The the idea of the revival of the um, Corpus founder, it would actually work like that. That premise would actually work as a repeating event. Yeah, if they're continually trying to revive him or bring him back from you know stasis or something. Yeah, and you just you stop them every time. Ah, yeah. <laughs> not this time. Foiled again. <laughs> Yeah, that, that can be a repeating thing, but how often would it repeat? Will it get boring? Is there oh, a reason to do it once you've got all of Protea's parts? Well, like, I feel like they would also drop in some new mods and some, I don't know, maybe new arcanes like they have in the past. Hell, we may even find that they've decided let's drop some new um, packs pieces from uh, for kit guns. I was going to say, in, because in the, the uh, primary kit guns are probably going to drop at the same time. That's a possibility, yeah. Also, the new uh, the new mower as well. Yeah. I mean, what mm. can you get for um, 
What's the boil on Plains of Eidolon? Um, uh, the boil on Plains of Eidolon. Uh, Plague Star. Plague Star. The Plague Star event is former, and that's what people do redo that event for over and over again because they yeah. get former. What else do you get there? You don't get. Uh, a- you also you also get a lot of the Plains uh, resources. Um, a couple of Zor pieces. Hey, maybe maybe this event will actually give us our, our first taste at um, kit gun exclusive pieces that drop from an event. Yeah. Maybe there'll be... Um, well, that's true. It's a possibility. Maybe they'll also be the only way you can get the primary kit gun parts. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. It, it could be. So, yeah, there's, there's so many options and, and possibilities for it, but we, we're digressing a little bit here. Do you think that with the the way that this um, this uh, uh, protea is coming out with an event, you know, it's going it, will it be tied to the story, or do you think it's just going to be um, kind of like a a secondary thing? I've got a feeling, like all of the other frames, it'll just drop from it for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> and yep. then she'll have her own Leverian thing where we'll learn her story. I'd like yeah. it. I'd like her to be tied into. I mean, maybe, maybe she will be tied into it. Maybe her Leverian story will be tied into it. In that she was trying to take down the Corpus founder, or she's the reason that he was put into stasis, or something like that. That would be that cool. would be cool. And that way, even though it's not a quest for her, she is related to the operation, and you get to learn about how about what she did and all that kind of stuff in her Leverian. That could be cool. Yeah. You know one thing I would actually really like the idea of? No. Assisting in the building of the Leverian. Yeah. So being able to, to do um, the missions on the new tile set, find the scannable objects and have those scanned objects basically form the Leverian. So you get uh, spoon-fed small parts of the story as you go. Yeah. I feel like that's that's a lot better than just being handed a story and going, okay, be content. Yeah, there's a number of ways they could have done it. And, I mean, realistically, they could have even tied it into the leveling. So as you actually level the Warframe, you learn more. You get sent to the, the Leverian. You know, once you hit level 10, when you finish the mission that you're in, you get sent straight to the Leverian to learn the next little piece of the story. Yep, stage one Leverian unlocked. Yeah, so it actually, <laughs> as you unlock the Warframe, as you learn how to use the Warframe and you learn the Warframe's abilities, you actually also learn their story. But, yeah. you know, it's, a, it's, it's hard to do something like that when you're 40 Warframes in. It's not impossible to do it, but it's just like, eh, well, we're 40 Warframes in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Mm. So, what do you think about the whole moving away from the quest? Let's not talk about why they've done it, because we understand it's a lot of work and all that kind of stuff. As a player, how do you feel about that? Um, well, I do like the Leverian. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to deny that. That's The Leverian does have its its perks, especially if you look at like the recent edition um, of Ivara's Leverian entry. Easily my favorite to date. It's an awesome story. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. But I would like to have more of like an involved role in in learning about the the frames. Like to go back to something like the Chains of Harrow, that was an absolutely amazing questline. Mm. Um, Octavia's anthem. A lot of people, for a lot of people, it's still the best questline. You know, it, 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 having that more 
on hands feeling in in learning about a, a frame's history and what makes this frame so special. I feel like we, we need that back. Like, don't get me wrong, Lavarian's great, but we need that interaction back. Yeah, I mean, this this way, it almost sounds like the only quests we're going to get now are going to be core story quests. So the next one will be the new war, then whatever the continuation of the new war will be, and the very paradox will just be the continuation of the core storyline, blah, 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 blah. It was nice to have those other quests that were not a continuation of or even directly related to the core storyline, except for the, the Chains of Harrow. It was nice to have those other quests. Like, you know, like you mentioned, Octavia's Anthem, that was such a fantastic quest. It was just so original and so different. And I I get it, that would have taken a lot of development. But it's nice to have those other quests that are about other things, and I hope that doesn't disappear from the game. Yeah. That's my main concern when it comes to those things, because it almost seems to me like we're just going to wait six months to a year for the next main quest line. And in between that, it's just going to be operations and things like that. And I'm not, I'm not sure I'm cool with that. No, I'm, I'm definitely not. I mean, while I do thoroughly enjoy the main story and the main quest line that we've been given, the idea of, um, of these, you know, these, uh, side quests, essentially like limbo's theorem and what's, what's mirage's one hidden, hidden messages. messages these these are all kind of world building things you know the, even grove. those ones the the silver grove yeah glass gambit um you know all of these kind of things they they are world building they build up the lore of the world i mean yes they've brought in the the nightwave system so there's more world building in that sense but that world building is separate from the Warframes, mm. you know, we, um, the, you know, there's still so many things, like, clearly, as I said before, the Ivara entry in the Lavarian, there's still so many things that haven't been told to us about the Warframes side of, of, of things, you know, why did this Warframe go missing for so many years? Why is it only now becoming available to us? When did it go missing? Is, are there any frames out there that are, like hidden secret lost items that, you know, supposedly we're never meant to get ever again. Yeah, it, it's having those side quests really does a great job at building a solid foundation for more to more in-depth story to build on. Yeah, like you said, it's world building. Yeah. The core storyline is, of course, awesome, but... Sometimes it's those little supplementary storylines that not necessarily make the world more believable, but just make it that so much cooler. I mean, look at Star Wars, for example. Uh, the Moss Eisley Cantina is just, everybody loves it. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Everyone yep. knows that song. Everyone knows the characters that are in there. And they've all built these little stories in their heads. I mean, if you're a Star Wars nerd, you know that a lot of the characters in there have stories written about them in, you know, the books that are supplementary to the movies, some of which are canon, some of which are not. Uh, but it's all that stuff that's world building for the true fans that absolutely builds this world and makes it a different, almost living and breathing place. And the more we move towards storytelling in Nightwave, 
which I don't mind. Don't get me wrong. Nightwave is telling different supplementary stories, which is fantastic. Uh, the operations are telling different supplementary stories, which is cool. The problem is, though, they're a little too detached from the character. Nightwave is completely detached from the main player. It's telling, you know, stuff that we get involved in, but has nothing to do with us. The operations exactly. has a lot to do with us and has a lot to do with the world, but they come and go and the story is pretty thin generally. Yeah, so I think I'm just really saying exactly what you were saying in different words, Lucas. So I, f I think we feel exactly the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, even we, if we go back and, and look at, you know, our, our previous um, law law cast episodes and even our uh, Warframe 101s, taking Limbo, for example, you actually learn so much about what makes Limbo Limbo through the Limbo Theorem, you know, and it, there's so much in there that just makes you really question the foundations of this world and how things work and, and you know, why things don't work in the game. And, yeah, it's... And you know what? The Limbo Theorem, out of all of the quests, you know, the Warframe side quests, is probably the mm. worst one out of all of them because you don't... Yeah. There's no cutscenes. You don't... It's all actually pretty straightforward. They've written a story around it, but all you do is go to the interception Arcwing level and shoot stuff and something different drops while you're doing the quest and you pick those up. You co collect a certain amount, you go back, you build some arbitrary, arbitrary reward, and then Ordus talks to you. And that's pretty much the entire quest. Rinse and repeat several times. Why can't they do that? I mean, yeah resources, etc. It doesn't necessarily have to be cinematic, I guess, is what I'm saying. The Limbo yeah, Theorem it doesn't is a have good to be example. over the top. Yeah. It just has to be, you know, it, has, it just has to be enough so that the players feel like they were involved. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's... What am I trying to say? It doesn't have to be Octavia's Anthem all over again. It doesn't have to be... It doesn't have to be Chains of Chains Harrow. Chains of Harrow. But, you know, just some of those quests... I really hope they're not gone gone for good. And, you know, I also understand that they can't do it every time. Uh, so that's that's fair enough. But build some little smaller quests here and there. Even have a guy work on it as a side project. Pablo, go Pablo. <laughs> go Pablo. You know, someone can work on this stuff as a side project. Just write it all out. And then you can get people to do the... Um, the voice acting. I know I'm oversimplifying things. It's not quite that easy. But, um, yeah, I just hope they don't l let it all go completely. I like that. Like yeah. you said, I like the Leverian. I wish there was a little bit more of a visual aspect to the Leverian personally. Yeah. But I do like the Leverian. It's a good addition. But yeah, I think you're right. I think something's missing as a result of the quests going bye-bye for a bit. And I'd love to see another, not intermission, intermediary quest like Chains of Harrow, I know we said it doesn't have to be Chains of Harrow, but it'd be nice to see another <laughs> quest that leads into or continues the main story that is also related to a core Warframe. A frame. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Harrow isn't exactly one of the most important Warframes in the history of the game or in the history of the the story within the game, but he's core to Chains of Harrow. Yeah. It can just be literally anyone. As long as it's built into the story. I don't know. I guess I'm kind of rambling now, but. 
Yeah. So we're both on the same uh, same wavelength. It's pretty much don't get rid of the the world building uh, Warframe quests. We want Chilly Willy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else to say, Lucas? Uh, I think I had one thing to say. Oh yes, Steve, give us our uh, our, our orders story. <laughs> we know you listen. Order Steve. story. <laughs> Secretly a big fan. Come on, order story. That sounded cool. All right. Let's move on into our beginner and advanced topics for this week. As I mentioned at the start when we were talking about our new emblem that's come to the game, uh, I realized that people don't necessarily understand what the difference between emblems and sigils and glyphs may or may not be. So, yes, Cephalon Squared got a new logo for the podcast, which we use everywhere. Uh, We also use that as a new podcast cover. So when you're looking through the podcast covers, you'll now see our new logo. But also one of the reasons we got that commissioned is because we wanted a mascot, so to speak, that can represent us. And that's what that logo is. That logo is actually our emblem to represent Cephalon Squared. So within the game, you as a clan leader or you as a member of a clan can represent yourself or your clan using emblems. These are available from the appearance tab of your Warframe. Now, these are not the same as the little avatar that's up next to your name. I'll get into that in a second. These are just like little tattoos that you put on the side of your arm. They're light tattoos, basically, (laughs) that you put on your shoulder that represents your clan or where you're from or some whatever you may be. So if you're a clown clan a clown <laughs> if you're a clan founding warlord, you can submit your own emblem by going to warframe.com, logging in to your account, making sure you're logging in on the right platform. You click clan management, I think, and then there is an option to submit an emblem. Click the button It'll tell you what you need to do. Submit your emblem. A couple of days later, it will be approved. Once it's approved, it won't go into the game until the next update. But once it enters the game, you can then use that that you've uploaded as an emblem on your on your shoulder. You pay 20 platinum to be able to do it. But once you've bought it, you can put it on either shoulder. You can put it on your dogs and cats. You can put it everywhere. Well, you can't put it everywhere. But you can put it on the shoulders of all those things. Those are emblems. Now, emblems, you can also use, not yet, but in a future update, they will be making it so that you can use emblems as sigils. Sigils are what you can put on the front and back of your Warframe. So remember, emblems are on your shoulders. Sigils are on your front and back. Some of them you will use to gain reputation for your syndicates. So keep in mind that you need to have, if you're, if you're still working on your syndicate factions, you need to have one of those on at every time so that you can increase the amount of faction re- reputation. If you don't like it and you want to hide it, generally throw it on your back. It's up to you. There's also, there's a couple of other sigils like the blood said sigil that came with Garuda, which is really cool. That's a full body sigil, makes you look like you're covered in blood. Absolutely love that one personally. And there's the free and inverted commas ones that you can buy for one uh, credit, which is the standard Warframe one. There's there's a couple of different ones. You can go, uh, again, it's under the appearance tab under 
And I can't remember what option it is. Regalia, I think. Now, eventually, if you have submitted an emblem in the game, you will also be able to use your emblem as a clan sigil. I expect that you'll probably also need to play to pay 20 platinum to unlock it as a clan sigil. It's not in the game yet, so we don't know for sure. But once you do, then you'll be able to have your clan emblem on your front, front and center, or on your back, wherever it may be. You'll be able to change the size, change the transparency. You might even be able to change colors. We don't know how it's going to look or how that's going to work, because as we said, it's not yet in the game, but they did mention recently that it's coming to a future update real soon. So that is super cool. So that's emblems on your shoulders, sigils on your front and back. And lastly, we have glyphs. Glyphs are kind of the important one, for a couple of reasons. One, because it is the one that you can use to represent you. So that's the one, the little square. When you first start the game, uh, it's the little gray uh, lotus symbol. Everyone has that when they first start the game and then you learn, oh, I can change that glyph. And generally you need to purchase them using platinum. Sometimes you can get them through Twitch promotions, things like that. You can get some of them by using promo codes on the website. Usually you can get some of those from your favorite content creators. Tactical Potato has one, for example. iFlynn has one. Xenogallion has one. So you get their promo code of which they have a limited supply and you put it in and then you can get a, a glyph that you can represent. And it's not just next to your name that you can represent. If you know much about Warframe, you can also assign glyphs in your gear wheel and put them up in the world as stickers. And that's the cool thing. That's what I'm excited about. The only people that can submit glyphs into the game are Warframe partners. As yet, Cephalon Square does not have a glyph in the game, but we will soon. So it's we don't know how soon we will let you know. I'm hoping it'll be within the next month or so, but it may be longer. And that means that anyone, whether you're in our clan or our alliance, it doesn't matter. You will be able to get our glyph, glyph and you'll be able to represent Cephalon Squared wherever you are. Emblems is only for clan members or alliance members. I am yet to submit the emblem for the alliance because I want to redesign it. So the alliance glyph and the clan glyph look a little bit different. We'll get to that. But yeah, keep that in mind. If you want to represent Cephalon Squared, you have to either be a member of our clan or alliance. We don't have an alliance emblem yet until we get a glyph and then everyone can represent. Cool, cool. Anything I missed, Lucas? Uh, no. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. Woo! Yay me! Well done. Over to you, Lucas. Yay. Advanced topic. Okay, so I'm doing a little bit of a double whammy here. So start off with, uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've noticed a couple of our um, community members have had a bit of trouble getting lichlings in Cassini, the good old capture mission on Saturn. Nice and simple place for lichling uh, farming. Now, after some extensive trial and error between myself and Cephalon Kiwi, uh, we've, we've discovered that while running Cassini, you need to first do your capture and send them away with the, the capturing. Um, and before reaching the end of the map, you will need to actually kill a small number of enemies to have the, the Lichling spawn in. So you can't just capture and run to the exit for it to appear because that won't happen. Um, also, the 
uh, Lichling will sometimes bug out and appear again later on in the map if you've already been past it once. Don't if you've decided that you don't want what it's dropping, ignore it the second time around because it's just going to be dropping the exact same thing again. So you know, nice and simple uh, little topic there. Lichlings um, in Cassini, easy to get. Now, I'm doing something a little bit different this week, and I'm doing a. Uh, I kind of teased on last week's episode that there was something I was working on. I was going to talk a bit more about it this week, and you know what? Here we go, we're doing it. So I have been working on a new Loki build. And if you've listened to our uh, 101s, especially the Loki 101, you'll know that I had an idea a while back and I've put it to the test and oh boy, it is fun. So the Loki build in question is a uh, Spider Sniper Loki. To start off with, we are going to be looking at the arcane to run for Loki, and we're looking at arcane arachne. Now, you will need a uh, fully built rank three arcane arachne. That's 10 arachnes all added together to make the one rank three. And this will give you a on wall latch for two seconds, plus 100% damage for 20 seconds. So that's pretty damn beefy. Very, very nice. Now, looking at Loki himself, there's only realistically one mod you really need to go for this build, um, and that is uh, Proton Pulse. Now, Proton Pulse is, at, you know, uh, wall dashing grants 100% bullet jump speed, which, you know, that's all right, but it really comes from what you really want is the, the uh, set bonus, which during a wall latch, you gain a percentile uh, of damage reduction. A full set will give you plus 50% damage reduction. Very nice. For the rest of the build, it's mostly a duration build for Loki. Uh, of course, looking at narrow-minded, prime continuity, organ message, all the duration stuff. So that is pretty simple for the Loki side of things. On the primary weapon, all you really need to be focusing on here is Proton Jet, the second part of the Proton set. Uh, this will give you a really nice boost to your status chance and crit chance as during a wall latch you gain plus 120% status chance and critical chance. So that is very, very nice. Again, that adds more to the damage reduction on wall clinging. So awesome. And for the third part, the uh, melee side of things, you only, again, only need one mod focusing here. That is Proton Snap. Uh, hold wall latch for two seconds to gain plus 100% toxin damage and plus 50% status chance for 20 seconds. I'm fairly certain that is just for the melee weapon, so it won't carry over to your primary or secondaries. Still, nice amount of damage. And it also finalizes that nice piece of damage reduction at 50%. Uh, so that is the general basics to the build, uh, the basics uh, mods and arcanes that you want for the build. As for the location of finding said things, Arcane Arachne is dropped from the Hydralist fight. Um, the, if you're doing a capture, it's 13.7% chance, and if it's a kill, it's a 12.74% uh, chance to get Arcane Arachne from the Hydralist. 
Proton set, very much like the Aero set, can be found as a reward in the Jupiter Disruption and from the Amalgam enemies, and there is a lot of different enemies to go through, so I'm not giving percentiles, <laughs> uh, but they are r- roughly about the 15% mark. So it's it's not difficult to get, they're not difficult to get, but they're not exactly easy to get either. Now, the idea of this build is to wall latch as much as possible. Uh, for my primary weapon, I've gone with the Brahma. Loki, with his wall latching, will have 10 times the uh, wall latch duration in comparison to other frames. So you stick to that wall like a spider. You aim down the sights, wait a couple seconds for the buff to kick in, or buffs in this case to kick in, and fire away and do massive amounts of damage. Keeping in mind, you can activate your invisibility while wall latch, so you can hide your presence, and you'll also be taking 50% less damage while wall latched. Uh, it's really quite a fun build. It's a good change up. I've been absolutely loving this build, and even uh, Cephalon Kiwi has done his own little variant to this build as well. So if you get a chance, check it out and um, have fun with the spider. Have fun with the spider, he says. Yeah. You have been. I know that much. Oh, definitely. <laughs> oh, definitely. So there you go, people. Lucas's special crazy builds. He's done the first one. Give us some feedback. Let us know whether you thought it was as awesome as I thought it was, which is very. And yeah, he'll do more maybe in the maybe. future. It's a work in progress. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Getting there. Good stuff. All right. On to community Reviews update. We got no new reviews this week, at least to my knowledge. So, that leaves us at 109. We are reading out a review from Podchaser this week, which leaves us with one review in the emails to read out, and then we have nothing. And we have never had a backlog of reviews, so I'm having a slight heart palpitations. No, no, it's all right. But, yeah, please, if you can, jump onto any podcast platform wherever it may be, leave us a review, hit us up so you, so that we know you left it, even if you do it on Facebook or something like that, whatevs, and then we'll read it out on the show. You realise they stopped because we're not doing the uh, 150 uh, reviews to the next live stream. Oh, that's absolutely the reason. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> the reason. Anyway, we do have a review on Podchaser. Would you like to read it out? We do. I shall. Podchaser, Kay and Warren. Greg and Lucas are an entertaining duo who give even a veteran player like myself some much-needed info on this deep and expansive game. Their insight often mirrors my own, but can differ in insightful ways. There is always something new and something new to learn in Warframe. Keep up the great job, you wonderful Aussies. We are our wonderful Aussies. Aww. We try to be. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, Kay and Warren. And I believe that they also run a podcast of their own. So check out Tone Deaf, a theatre nerd's guide for their spouse, and let them know we sent you. Thanks, Kay and Warren. Yay! Thank you very much, Lee. Yeah. All right. We have a Dr. Cephalon this week, and as I mentioned up front in the start of this episode, it is actually an anonymous Dr. Cephalon. Spooky. So, anonymous says, Dear Dr. Cephalon, at what point, even though it is highly subjective, do you consider reporting other players for disrupting play? How toxic do the players have to be 
with being called names that normally wouldn't bother you. Paired with a troll or griefing gameplay be grounds for a report? Would it be classified as harassment if one was simply if it was simply one level? Or would it have to spread over multiple occasions? Hmm. Interesting question. Because as we all know, the nature of the internet is that you are almost undoubtedly going to run into a dickhead from time to time. It's just going to happen. As much as everyone says that the Warframe community is one of the best communities, and hey, of course it is. It's great. We love it. There are still dickheads that play the game, and there are people that just like to grief and think it's funny to do that, to troll people. So, it's a tough one, really, because... Personally, I have a I have a high a high tolerance for that kind of stuff. It pisses me off, it annoys me, but I don't report people myself almost ever unless they try like I think there's only been once that I've reported someone in Warframe and that was because they I can't even remember the details of it because it was a few years ago, but they tried to rip me off or they tr- they uh, they were trying to do something really sneaky. Uh, with a sale, uh, a platinum sale. I can't even remember the details of it anymore, which is weird. But uh, yeah, that's that's the one time I've reported someone. And I have had people who have done the whole Loki switch on me. Often it's friends. <laughs> yeah. What are, what are your thoughts, Lucas? Well, I gather my thoughts. Okay. So if, if, it's in, if it's within friends, then unless they're genuinely being an absolute dick about it, then I wouldn't say... I wouldn't really bother with, like, even doing anything about it, to be honest. Well, if it's friends, it's friends. They're just being idiots. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they're being an absolute dick about it, then maybe just... Remove them from your friends list. Not. Yeah, <laughs> not not associate with them for maybe, like, a month or so. See how, see how they enjoyed solitude, <laughs> solitary confinement, whatnot. But if you're putting it into a serious situation... Honestly, I'm a, I'm a big, soft teddy bear, and I, I let people just do whatever they want. To me, like if someone pisses me off in game, there's a good chance I'll not retaliate or react in any way. I'll probably just log off and maybe jump on another time and hope they don't interact with me. It's a, it's, a, it's it is a difficult one. What about people that let's say you're leveling everything in Hydron, and people wait until the last second and then just extract, leaving you to go on on your own? Well, clearly they're trash. <laughs> so. Yeah, that that's always going to be um, a stigma for them. I think I in the past I have had maybe one situation like that happen to me. It was it was pretty damn annoying, but I, even that I don't think that's I don't think that's even grounds enough to really report someone. I mean, yes, it's annoying. Yes, it screws up your progress. Um, but unless you're actually talking to them, there's no way to know whether or not it was a. Uh, a deliberate thing or, oh shit, I forgot, I'm extracting here. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much the same. Unless someone was constantly doing something to annoy me and I had no way of controlling it. Because if someone was just talking into their microphone, mic, mic incessantly, I'd just mute them. You can mute it, yeah. If someone was, you know, switch teleporting me with Loki constantly, I'd probably just wait until the end of the mission and leave. I don't know if I'd report them for it. Yeah. I mean, I have had people drag me around the planes of Eidolon 
because they wanted to do something different that I wanted to do back in the days when you couldn't just extract. I don't think anything has ever really happened bad enough for me. I, I guess, though, for me, you're kind of asking the wrong person because I don't play a lot with pub groups. I just don't like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I don't, I don't really play pub groups, and if I do, it's it doesn't really matter anyway because I'm, I'm probably using something that's really too damn good for the area that I'm using a pub yeah. uh, for a pub anyway. I mean, my, the only times I ever do pub groups is really hydron, and most of the time you get people who are trying to do the same thing you're trying to do. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm solo or friends only. Almost always. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's been what, one situation in uh, Railjack where someone came in. It was during the Sentient Anomaly. They came in, they checked that the, the anomaly, they made sure there was no pieces of the Shadu, and then they just abandoned. Yeah. That kind of pissed me off, but it wasn't enough for me to report them. I mean, that's uh, that, that at the time was a, a meta thing to do. Go in, check the, the anomaly, there's nothing you want, leave. Yeah. Try it again. And there, there were, when Railjack started, there were a few people who used to jump in and just go straight out into their Arcwing and leave the ship. It was like, yeah. It was frustrating, but yeah, never never bad enough for it, for it to be report-worthy. And, yep. you know, you've said there, would it be classed as harassment if it was one level or would it have to spread over multiple occasions? If it happened in one level, I would not be playing another mi- mission with that person. That would yeah. be it. I'd just drop out of their squad straight away, bam, gone. And if I reloaded into a mission and I was back in their squad, <laughs> I'd probably end the mission straight out and just start over again. Uh, and I, I'm pretty sure I've done that in the past when I was just... Um, another time I do um, public missions is when cracking relics. So, yeah, often... Yes, okay, here we are. Here's, here's a time when cracking... When something pisses me off. When people rush through and don't wait for you to get the the right amount of reactant. That pisses me off. That is pretty annoying. Yeah, and I, I will tell people after one mission, you're being a dick, but I'll drop out of their squad and I'll hopefully not run into them again. If, that, if I ran into yeah. that person over and over again and they were constantly doing it, even that, I don't know. It's selfish, but is it bad enough to report? Mm-hmm. I think I think probably the biggest biggest time to really report someone for any kind of toxic um, behavior in Warframe is if they're trying to coerce unfair trade with you. To be honest, yeah, unfair trades, or if they're saying damaging or racist things. Yeah, yeah. Apart from that, I don't know. But that's just that's just us. Like you said, Lucas. I think both of us are. Big, cute, furry, teddy, be- teddy bears. Yeah. Emphasis on the cute, Lucas. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not sure if that really is what you were looking for, Anonymous. We had a good chat, but it wasn't very um, <laughs> exciting, maybe. I don't know. Hmm. But thank hmm. you for your question. Much appreciated. Indubitably. All right, that brings us to the end of episode 84. If you'd like to get in contact with us, if you'd like to give us a Dr. Cephalon or whatever the case may be, there are a number of ways of getting in contact. Of course, there's our website, cephalonsquared.com. We have an email, cephalonsquared at gmail.com, or alternatively, Greg or Lucas at cephalonsquared.com. Yeah, join our Discord, join our Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram if you don't want to see any pictures ever because Greg is lazy. <laughs> I need to fix that. I need to get back on that. Yeah. 
that's that. If you, actually, yeah. Actually, I might have a um a picture to to send you to throw up on the Instagram. You should just be sending me pictures willy nilly, and then Greg should pull his finger out of his butthole and actually post them. I've got heaps yeah. of pictures. I just don't post them. <laughs> I get around to it. Yeah, I've got more time now, so maybe I should. If you would like to support us to help keep this train on the tracks, head on over to cephalonsquared.com forward slash support. And you can learn all about coffee or Patreon. Or, of course, if you are not able to support us in that way, feel free to give us a rating on your podcast platform, share our content, click like. All those simple things help and spread the word. And, of course, because Danathan loves us so much and he loves to hear this song on a weekly basis, we absolutely have to sing this now. You ready, Lucas? I'm ready. Three, two... One, toss a coffee to your cephalons. Oh, podcast collective. Oh, podcast collective. That was a bad ending. (laughs) (laughs) Whatevs. Uh, Yeah, so toss a coffee to your cephalons. You can do that at uh, ko-fi.com forward slash cephalon squared. That's us. We're the cephalons. We say bye. On that note, we should actually say thank you to our patrons. We should. Yeah, let's do that. Thanks, Ratha. Thanks. Who? I was about to say, who is Joe? We've never (laughs) made that mistake, and here I go. (laughs) Thanks, woe is Joe. Thank you, Jellybug1799. Thanks, Sula. Thank you, Lord Frieson. Thank you, (laughs) Danathan. Thank you, Red Wizard 12. Thanks, Knight Rider 8503. Thank you, Coyote PX. Thanks, Jackson31. Thank you, Kintail. Thank you, Implosive MKV. And thank you, Solarian. Indeed. Now, Implosive, you haven't given us a challenge for February. You are a naughty boy. I'm going to send you a message on Discord and see what's up. Ooh. <laughs> or maybe we can just quietly escape February. February. <laughs> My name is Greg Newbegin. I am Mad Capsules all over the shops. And who are you, Lucas? I am Lucas Silvestri, and I am Silverlight all over the interwebs. S-I-L-V-R-L-G-H-T. Massive shout out to our amazing, fantastic grand community you guys are awesome super awesome super awesome Mm -hmm. and thank you to Jan at disco underscore box on twitter for the intro and outro make sure you send him a love letter because he does love love and thank you to you for listening episode 84 where cephalon squared will be back next week for episode 85 followed by a law cast get excited Bye. bye thanks for listening to cephalon squared if you'd like to contact us, reach out via our website at cephalonsquared.com, where you can find us via email, Facebook, Twitter, or Discord. But don't fret, there'll be more Cephalon Squared in a few short days. So don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.